Alright, alright. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on, good people? Uh, my name is Reginald Devon II, and you are tuned into the Grapes and Grit Podcast. So today, uh, today I'm super excited um, because I have for one a friend yes. in the studio with me. Um, she is currently the president of YRD, mm-hmm. correct? Yes, um, correct. That is the Young Realty Division. Yes, Houston, Realtors Division. Right? Yes. All right. Um, she is a a pageant winner. I'm, I'm hoping I'm using the right terminology. I know yes. they're pretty specific in that realm but um she is a pageant winner she is a serial entrepreneur um a mother of two and the list goes on and on and on and on and on so uh welcome to the podcast miss atia how's it going it's going good i'm excited to be here well first i mean you said you admire me. I admire you just as much as you admire me. I but it's that. nice to, you know, be a young black woman and be acknowledged for, you know, what I'm doing because we all know it's not easy. So, right, yeah. right, right. I hear that. I hear that. So, yeah. how's life? Um, how's mm-hmm. how's the family? You know, how's your love life? How's how's everybody? Oh, let me get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, I'm divorced and I have my two children. Um, life is good. I'm just working and I'm following I'm following this guide. Uh, I pray and ask God to guide me and order my steps and tell me what type of mother he wants me to be, what type of entrepreneur he wants me to be, what type of activist. So I'm just using my ears and my passion to know what I'm doing and I can tell when I'm kind of taking the wrong direction because um, I'm a little hard headed. I might still try, but <laughs> I get right back on path. So everything is good. I'm just going to keep keep on moving. Fun fact. Fun fact. She's always been hard headed. Yeah. I've, I've been knowing I've been knowing Atia for, oh, my gosh, a very, very long time. For the majority of my lifespan, I feel like I've known her and her family. Um, her family knows my family. Um, and we've always just been connected in a great way. She's always been a phenomenal individual. You know, I love her mom. I love her dad. Her dad actually was my coach for some years because um, I am a ball player. And um, he used to pick me up from the house and we used to travel to Louisiana and, you know, all these other states uh, to play in tournaments and all that good stuff with, you know, him and Coach Rick and all those guys. So yeah. um, we're definitely uh, linked. We've been linked for a very, very long time. So, again, I'm just I'm just super happy, you know, to have her here yeah. um, to take time out of her busy schedule because she is very, very busy. Um, she's kind of like a hot shot in the, uh, the real estate world uh, from my perspective, at least. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely grateful to have her here. 
So shout out to Coach Lawrence because he didn't. <laughs> what up, Coach? <laughs> he is on his way to a basketball game at Dawson High School for the girls' varsity, and he was like, "Where are you going? You need to be here. Be with me. Come watch the game." <laughs> and I had to tell him, "Like, Dad, go enjoy the game, Mom. You know, I'll catch up with you after." So shout out to him. I feel special now, yeah. man. You know, <laughs> I just was like, uh-uh, "We got something to do." That's funny. That is funny. That's funny. All right. So um, before we move forward, um, I just want to make sure you amazing people like, comment, and subscribe to the Grapes and Grit podcast. You know, head on over to grapesandgrit.com. That's grapes in the letter N, grapesandgrit.com, uh, and check out the brand and just connect with us. Um, we're also on IG as well. Handle is at grapesandgrit. All right, shout out to our partners, Galva Agency LLC, as well as Omni Cosmetics LLC. All right, shout out to y'all. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so Tia, um, <laughs> tell the viewers, you know, who is who is a Tia, right? Like, who who is a Tia? The mother, um, the friend, the cousin, the sister, the believer, the entrepreneur, the boss lady. Who is Tia? Well, Tia is always happy. I will say that. I am the person in the room that always has a smile on her face and nothing really gets me down. There's a there's something about my my childhood that a lot of people don't know. So when I was young, I was very sick. I hmm. was like a resident at Texas Children's Hospital. Okay. And um, I had like kidney problems. And I mean, my parents were at a point where they were planning my funeral. So when you're young, when you're a kid and you're in the hospital and your family's visiting you and you just know that. Your time is short-lived, but you still love the life you live. You love your family. I was just content with it. and But I guess God said, no, I want her to be here because even though the doctors were telling my parents to plan for a funeral, um, God had something different. And Hmm. I have never had a kidney issue since. I just miraculously just got healthy and and nothing's wrong. Um, So even the doctors were a little confused, but we knew what happened. So it takes a lot to get me upset or to worry me because when you didn't think you were going to be here, Hmm. you just look at life different every single day. So I'm that happy one at the party. I always have a smile on my face, (laughs) even when deals are going bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Man, let's give her an applause for that. Give her a little applause for that, man. Now I'm so happy to hear that. Um, that's you know, a lot of people they go through things like that, yeah. right? Um, whether it's in childhood or in the, in adulthood, oh. um, you know, they just kind of deal with certain things, and a lot of people don't. They may not understand your point of view and why you act the way you act, why you speak the way you speak, why you move the way that you move. Um, But I feel like everybody has some type of testimony, um, whether people know it or not. And that's why it's so important to just kind of be conscious of, you know, just people in general and how you handle people. Because, again, you never know what people go through. Never know. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. T-Money. T-Money. I'm here living and breathing. (laughs) That's what's up. So um, you did compete in pageants. So can you just kind of expound a little bit on that, um, you know, in that experience? I, I, I know you won titles and all that good stuff. So just kind of enlighten not only myself, but the viewers. 
Oh my goodness. I've won quite a few titles. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Quite a few because I started off with, I started off like that toddler and tear show, Mm -hmm. except my mom didn't have me with fake teeth and makeup. So I was actually competing, just, you know, trying to do my little talent and stuff. But um, when I became a teenager is when it became big for me, Mm -hmm. starting off winning Miss uh, Southeast Tech, Miss Teen Southeast Texas. But my most prized win. Even I may have won Miss International, Miss Texas, United States, mm-hmm. but my proudest moment was winning Miss Austin, USA um, in 09 because I was and still is the only black woman that's ever been crowned Ooh, um, let's for Miss Austin. For that. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Well, That's awesome. Uh, being a black woman in the pageant industry, I mean, it's Texas. Uh, right. Pageants are big in this state. Yeah. And you just know it's a short, it's a small community and um, is a short-lived career because at the time it ended at the age of like 25. Hmm. So you're pushing for that title, trying to get that title. Next thing you know, you're like 23 and you're like, oh, I got to keep going. But um, yeah, I won quite a few titles and they're all important to me. Awesome. Awesome. So with that, you know, how did that that environment, exposure to that environment kind Mm -hmm. of affect um, who you are today, you know, in both personal life as well as the business life? So I learned a few things doing pageants. One, of course, confidence. You have to have confidence. You don't have to be the prettiest woman in the room or on stage, but your confidence oozes out and it just attracts people mm-hmm. where they want to know more about you. So confident, they taught me confidence. And no matter how I felt, I tell myself, you got this. Um, being a black woman in a sorry white world, um, it also taught me a sisterhood bound, a bond because when I would go into a pageant competition, it's usually like a week of competing. Like you're doing things together, you're learning the dance number, you're doing your interviews, the prelim competition. Um, like a, a, one pageant I was in, I was number 78. So mm. I'm number 78, but there might have been five of us right. uh, beautiful colored women that are in the pageant. And we all kind of draw towards each other. So I learned about that sisterhood bond where we have to support each other. Actually, my best friend, I met her in a pageant. And we can never get off the phone together. We both, you know, we have families, we have children, we're both in careers, and we met competing against each other. So that's kind of what I learned. Okay, 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 okay. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that, you know, that, that world from what I see, it seemed like, it seems like a lot, in all honesty. Um, You know, I, I see both. I guess the good and the bad in it. I'm sure you've experienced both good and bad oh, yeah. um, situations, people like the whole nine yards. Um, but ultimately, I, I think you know it, it really helps a lot of you know young women of all races, you know, right? Uh, just kind of learn how to be uh, be a woman, um, have the type of etiquette that you know a woman would like to exhibit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I see that a lot in you. Like you can, you can. I mean, of course, I know that you experienced these pageants and all of that. But yeah. if it was somebody else, you know, that didn't know that, I feel like they would not necessarily guess that you were a part of pageants. But yeah. they know you had some kind of training. Like, okay, 
she knows how to, you know, do this. She knows how to do that whenever somebody does this yeah. in this type of setting and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a fan of the the pageant world, you know. But oh, yeah. thank you. Actually, it's one of my um, goals that I will accomplish. I don't know when. I don't know when it's gonna fit mm-hmm. in my life, but to either have a charm school or to hmm. be a pageant coach or just have a place where That's I can dope. teach uh, young girls proper etiquette, whether it's business, whether it's pageant, or whether it's just being a woman or even a wife. Like, I just know that that's going to be my passion. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool, man. So um, tell myself as well as the viewers a little bit about um, your current field um, Mm -hmm. and what you're focusing in on at this particular moment. Oh, man. Real estate. Real estate. <laughs> Man, real estate is uh it's a love hate relationship. I love it. But what makes me love real estate is the people. I there's a reason why I'm I have a top rating and I get awards. It's really just my customer service. I just know that sometimes this is the biggest transaction that somebody will make or this is a life change for them. Maybe they're empty nesters and they have to move. Um, They're sending their kids away. Or there's a divorce and they have to, you know, separate and move. So I understand that this is a people business. Um, That is what makes me love what I do because my relationship is always going to come first with my clients before a transaction. Um, the second thing I love about it, of course, is, I mean, it's just, it, it feeds my lifestyle. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's a great business to have. So I just love that it gives me that opportunity to have a very comfortable lifestyle. So, okay. and I would say to f- I'm focusing on mostly residential listings, mm-hmm. um, I do have new construction listings. I have luxury leasing listings, and I have um, investment lease uh, listings. My least favorite, uh, don't get mad at me, investors, is <laughs> investment properties. It is, oh my goodness, I wish there was just an easy way to do investment. It's not, it's not easy. You have to work with investors. You got to hope they trust you. A lot of investors out there will just make decisions without their realtor. And then guess who it falls on? It -hmm. falls on us trying to get that stuff sold. And you'd be like, no, why you bought this big old house in this small neighborhood? I don't have no comps. (laughs) I don't even know how to sell this, but I get it done. (laughs) So, but yeah, I think I focus on a little bit of everything. I don't say no. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, with you being in that world um, and being a woman at that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you, you're almost, you, you're almost forced to kind of adopt that whole um, woman boss mentality that they talk about on social media and and all of the, the uh, female artist videos and all that, right? (laughs) Um, So, you know, my thing is, like, what are your thoughts on that mentality, um, mm-hmm. especially in the real estate world? Like, yeah. is it a necessity? Is it not a necessity? Mm-hmm. Um, is it just kind of like a ongoing thing? Like, it yeah. never shuts off? Or do you have to put on a different type of hat 
in certain situations. Oh man, you know what? It's it's I think that that whole terminology is just on steroids. And <laughs> on steroids, it's huh? just <laughs> too much. I I appreciate it. I appreciate when someone calls me a boss. I mm-hmm. appreciate that um someone will look at me as a go-getter and that uh possibly I don't even need a man cuz I'm out here getting it. But in all honesty, you know, I grew up in a household with two parents and my mom also was a businesswoman. Um, but I, when I went to her office and I saw her being a businesswoman and she had, uh, employees and she's running two, three businesses with my dad, I saw her being a mom and a wife first. Um, so I grew up knowing that it's not really about that whole female ego empowerment. It's really Mm -hmm. about just owning who you are, loving your family and just getting the job done. So that's how I see things. Um, People who know me, they know that I have a very soft approach. Um, People who don't know me, they see boss. But if you do know me, be like, she is as soft as a little kitten. And I am. She is. Um, She definitely is. (laughs) um, The only time that that boss comes out on me is maybe an email and in contracts, and whenever someone tells my client they can't have something, and I know they can. So that's the only time the boss comes out of me. But when I get home, I just kind of want to just settle into being just a sweet me. That's funny. <laughs> that is hilarious to yeah. me. So um, kind of give, well, what advice do you have for um, people that are looking to invest in real estate? Um, as well as people that are just trying to get into real estate um, as a realtor. Oh, okay. Let's let's get into people who want <laughs> to get into real estate first. Okay. Oh lord. Um, oh lord. Y'all about to get it. Y'all yeah. About let's to get let's it. go ahead and do it because <laughs> these reality shows got y'all confused. Oh lord. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not gonna talk too bad about reality because you know. Not going to tell everything, but, you know, I have an opportunity to be on one of them, maybe. So maybe you might see me on one, but um, they are lies. I mean, it's all fluff. It's just not true. And a lot of people are sitting back watching reality shows, well, real estate reality shows, and thinking, man, this is easy. And they get that commission, I can do it. But really, it's very hard. Um, And it's not for everybody. You have to come in it with a good heart or it will eat you alive. There's like 40,000 licensed realtors in Houston, but only like, I think three to 5,000 are actually full-time realtors. Hmm. And that will tell you there that so many people are jumping to get their license thinking it's easy. And after six months or a year, they're like, oh no, I can't do this. Hmm. So if you are thinking about getting into real estate, uh, make sure it is really something you want to do and it's a passion and it's not finance driven or will kind of drown you. Um, And make sure you have that support. Um, I tell, I've had single moms who ask me if they should become a realtor and we talk about their lifestyle and their finances and I quickly let them know, no, it's not a really good time because real estate is also very expensive. Mm-hmm. If you want to do marketing and advertisement, I mean, that is thousands of dollars a month expenses. You have to pay your dues to be a part of MLS. The things we send you to look at homes, we're paying hundreds of dollars a month just for you to have access to that stuff. Um, So it's a very expensive career to have. Um, It's very time consuming. And we work on commissions. We might have a nice commission, but that might be a realtor's first check in months. And a lot of people don't realize that. So you also have to have a great 
money management skills. So say that again. That. Say that again. You have to have great money <laughs> management skills. You can't get a ten thousand dollar check and think you can blow it hmm. because some of you might have five deals and they're all being pushed out or they're falling through or your buyer might say, I'm I'm just gonna rent. You know, and then you start counting the money and then you realize I wish I didn't count it. I really need this. So yeah, that's mostly important. Now, um, for people who are wanting to buy real estate, hmm. um, that's smart. Okay, it's always a good time to buy real estate, and I and I truly mean that, especially living in Houston. So let me just go ahead and tell you this about Houston: over two hundred people a day move here because it's still in the low income. I mean, it's still in the like the high income, but also low living in the nation. So what people make around here, they can live comfortably. You can have a $30,000 a year salary, 50,000 a year salary, you're in the 100,000, you can live really good. But you still can live comfortable because in Houston, and especially the state of Texas, it's affordable to live here. So that's why a lot of people want to live here. And then there's so many jobs and corporations that are moving their company here because they're realizing, wow, this is where all the diversity is. And this is where all of the good people that we want part of our company here. So we're here. And then that's why you keep seeing all this development it's because it's growing. So if you do not hop on the home ownership train, and I don't mean buy a house to live in, I mean, just buy a house to put renters in, just buy, um, you will fall into the renters nation because, because we're growing so fast and because so many companies are moving out here because development is growing. Um, a lot of those companies are buying out all the houses because they know that this this momentum is going to continue to go and people are going to need a place to live. So if investors and companies and people with money keep buying houses so they can have renters and they can have a substantial income from it, they're going to keep buying because they understand what's going on. And then people who are sitting around waiting, well, when's the right time to buy? I don't know. Rates are kind of high. They're going to keep getting higher. So that's another reason why I say it's the best time to buy. Um, you're going to end up being a renter. And I think that if you're not buying a house in the next 12 to 24 months, you might be renting for the next two to five years. Hmm. Hmm. Now, um, I didn't plan this question, but okay. it, it came to my mind as you were speaking. So I have friends that make 35,000 a year. Mm -hmm. I have friends that make millions. Yes. Right. Um, and what I've noticed is there's definitely a difference in mentality when it comes to buying versus renting yeah right so i see a lot of um you know my friends that may not be making millions they're like okay yeah like i have to buy mm -hmm. i have to give me a home like they do whatever they have to do uh i just need a home right yeah. um but then on the flip side my more wealthy friends their mentality is well no we're only buying multi-families mm -hmm. outside of that to actually live we're we're renting yeah. because of liability and this and that. So could you just speak on, I guess, the difference in yeah. mentality depending Absolutely. on your revenue and all that stuff? Yes, absolutely. So starting with the um, the millionaires out there, 
that's understandable because if you notice where they're renting is a lifestyle. Um, sorry, but luxury apartments, it's a lifestyle. They have the nice pool. They can walk straight to the Galleria. It's very understandable why a, somebody with money don't want a home. One, those people have a certain lifestyle where living in a suburban community don't make sense for them. Those people are travelers and they're, they're not going to be home majority of the year. Now for a hardworking, um, he, like Texas heroes, uh, like police officers, teachers, even nurses, they probably should go ahead and purchase because those are the people who are home. Those are the people who have to build a foundation for their family because they are actually here. So that's what I explain whenever I sit and I have a client who, you know, makes 40000 a year and they're saying, I don't know if I should just buy to invest or if I should buy uh, a home, a, a home to live in. And I always say you need to buy a home to live in because at the end of the day, what do you want to do whenever you clock out? You want to go home. And you want that home to be your home. You don't want nobody telling you, oh, I'm going up on rent. Hmm. Or, oh, um, I decided that I'm going to sell my house. So you need to move again. Those people just have a day-to-day life where they don't need a landlord telling them those things. As far as a millionaire who likes to travel five, six times uh, a year, maybe more, and they have a business where they're either global or they work from home, um, a landlord can knock on their door and say, hey, you know, we decided we want to do this to this this pro- this um, unit. And they're going to be like, oh, okay, all right, I'll pay for some movers and I'll get out. Or maybe, hey, maybe I'll just take the penthouse if it's available. Hmm. So those are just two different people, uh, two different lifestyles. And yeah, I'm saying if you are a hard <laughs> worker here locally, <laughs> you need to buy a house. Uh, if you just still live in the life and your money is just forever flowing, yeah, just buy investment properties and just keep living where you want to. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I have a lot of people that ask me about that um, on a regular, right? Yeah. They're like, okay, well, why is this billionaire like putting out campaigns saying, hey, don't buy? Don't buy it. But then this other person is saying, yeah, we have to buy. Um, That makes a lot of sense. Um, I I feel like that that provided a lot of insight uh, for a lot of people as far as whether they should rent or buy. Um, I know that buying a home is a lot. Um, It's definitely a major milestone for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I actually know like at least maybe four or five people right now that are, you know, kind of starting to um, start that homeowner journey and they're trying to look for homes and they're trying to work with lenders and all that good stuff to see you know what type of um you know deal they can get on certain types of homes and all that good stuff so um i definitely commend everybody you know that uh purchases a home for sure um i've been blessed to you know have a home for some years now i started early like super super early um that's definitely something that my father kind of instilled within me um that you know get the land get you some real estate get it at a young age and you'll be good i promise you um so i've been blessed to be a homeowner for a while so thank you for that all right thank you for that i do have some more questions but before we uh continue i just want to make sure again you beautiful people uh like comment and subscribe to the grapes and grit podcast 
head on over to the website grapesandgrit.com. That's with the N, the letter N, grapesandgrit.com to check out the brand and connect with us. We're also on IG. Um, the handle is at grapesandgrit. Um, shout out to our partners, Gavel Agency LLC, as well as Omni Cosmetics LLC. All right. So I got a fun question. Oh, yes. I, I got a fun question now. <laughs> All right. Which are you taking? Okay. Okay. Um, a foreclosure that needs 300K in renovations mm-hmm. or a 0.34 acre lot to build a $300,000 home. Hmm. Which one I'm taking right now in this market? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take the lot to build. Okay. Now, if it was 2020, I would have um, taken the foreclosure and I would have put that money into that house because I would have known that there would have been a line of people outside trying to buy it. Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that. I was really hoping and banking on you yeah. answering it that way. Okay. Right? <laughs> my reasoning is because... That was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, my reasoning is because it's so many people that I know, um, and I see it on social media as well, you know, every single week, that if it's a foreclosure, that beats any other situation like if if they see the word foreclosure Mm. it's been programmed like okay i have to do whatever drop whatever and get that foreclosure i was hoping you answered that in that manner because (laughs) i'm telling you 90 percent of people if you ask them that question just because they heard the word foreclosure they're gonna say oh yeah i'm for sure i'm taking a foreclosure Mm -mm, Um, (laughs) so yeah, man. Like it's. I mean, I just feel like literacy is very important, right? And and not to um, get so caught up in, you know, just social media and trends and what mm-hmm. you know social media is saying is the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, because now again, like we're in a position where, again, like most of the world thinks that if it's a foreclosure, it, that trumps all, and oh, that's yeah. clearly not the case because we have a professional here. You know, that is clearly telling you like she would even choose yeah. the the acreage um, to build her uh, to build her home. Yeah. Well, I one of the first um, certificates designations that I was awarded was becoming a first time buyer specialist. And I love hmm. my first time buyers. I do. Um, but what I learned in those lessons before I received that certification is foreclosure is real. And people are out there looking at a foreclosure like, ooh, hot deal, like a like, you know, that clearance rack at Walmart. Um, but it's really somebody bought a home they couldn't afford. Yeah. And they tried to live above their means and now they lost their home and now they're in extreme debt. So um as affordable um first time buyer specialist, that is the first thing that I stress to my buyers is I understand that you can get a loan um, with that 50-50 scale, but I don't want you to put 50% of your income in your home. Hmm. You really need to be around 30 uh, because foreclosure is real. And I give them that scenario. You don't want to lose your home. Just like how we said, uh, regular hardworking people, 
versus millionaires, hardworking people are building foundations for their family generational wealth. They're building a home. So for them to have that for a couple of years and it's taken from them, it's, it is like mentally very hard for those people to come back. And then realtor, there's realtors out there that are greedy and they don't want to have the patience for someone to work with someone to get them back into home ownership. I've actually worked with quite a few buyers who have lost their homes and their credit has dropped. And it took uh, my last one like that, who had fell into the market and bought a house she couldn't afford, got divorced, fell into foreclosure. I mean, I worked with her for two years. But she got those keys. And I was going to ask you, like, how does that affect them moving forward? Like, okay, yeah. you you lost your home. How long does it take to bounce back from that to be able to get a yeah. home and all that good stuff? So I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. Yeah, it takes a while. It takes about a year, uh, maybe longer, because they're going to be very scared. Uh, so you have to be very patient with um, buyers who have owned before and lost their home. Yeah. So 30%, not 50. Not 50. Guys, 30. Yeah. All right. The magic number is 30. <laughs> Do you hear me? Yes. All right. <laughs> so um, just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, the current real estate market, right? Just kind of speak on, um, you know, like market values, um, interest rates, property taxes, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I truly believe it's always a good time to buy, but it is not... It is not as easy and as appealing as it is right now because rates are high, but they're not the highest. We're looking at, um, and I'm not a lender. Let me quote that. I want my lender friends to be like, now why is she up there talking mm. about? She don't do lending. <laughs> Leave it to us. But no, and I have great lenders. So if you hire me as your realtor, we'll take care of you. Um, people are looking at it like, man, it's 5%, 6%, maybe even 7%. But before that big drop in 2020, I mean, you can ask your parents and grandparents. And when they were purchasing a home, they were in the 10, 12, some 18%. And so we are going to go back to that. Yeah. That's why I say it's a good time to buy because it's just going to continue to go up. Um, uh, lands and homes, they're, they're not going anywhere. People aren't going anywhere. We live in an overpopulated place and everyone wants to live here, like I told you before, because of the jobs and the lifestyle and affordability of being here. So you're constantly competing with new incomers in the city every day. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Top two questions that mm -hmm. you're asked mm. by your clients. Ooh. Top two questions. Top two. Okay. Uh, if they're first time buyers, the first question is always, what is my credit score need to be? And so I've, what does that need to be? Oh, gosh. Ideally. Um, mm, I would say I like my clients to be at least a 650, but you can purchase a house as uh, low as 580. But I don't want you to purchase a house <laughs> um, below 630. I would prefer you to get your credit score up. And you know what's funny is a lot of people don't even check their credit. You need to be checking that credit, that app, just like you check your bank. Right. You need to be seeing what's going on with it. A lot of people are so scared. Like you ask them, okay, let's let's log in, log in. They're like shaking. They don't want to see it, but you got to see it to know. And especially with apps like Experian apps or TransUnion, it's going to tell you, hey, you just bought your kid a cricket phone and you've paid 
three bills. Do you want to add that to your credit line so we can boost you? I mean, it's going to educate you. Those apps are there to help you. And you're able to pull your credit once a year. So I say do it. Just just monitor your credit. Sometimes you don't even know that it all it takes is one thing you don't even realize just to boost it up. Right. So I would say it's good to be at a 650 and up. Of course, we want you to be in the high 700s, mid in the our 800s. And a lot of people don't realize that your credit score can go above 800. Right. So keep it going. <laughs> um, and the second question after asking what does your credit score need to be is the following. Well, what do I need to do to fix it? So, <laughs> And that is perfectly fine because no one is perfect. And one of the reasons why I am a founding president of the organization I am, the Young Realtors Division, our mission is to redefine real estate culture by teaching minority children about these things so that they become adults and they're prepared for it. Um, so, and that that's it. Now, for my higher income clients, the first question they ask is, what's the best area? And the second one is... Um, can I buy two houses at the same time? So <laughs> I think those are the most questions I get with them. Of course you can buy two houses yeah. at the same we time. We sure can Ladies do and it. gentlemen. But let's slow down. You big time. You're doing all that. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't even do that. Now, come yeah. on now. <laughs> like, I want both of them. Right, yeah. right. You're a little greedy, ain't you? No, yeah, I'm, I know. Just I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> all right. All right. So um, can you kind of um, talk about the different types of mortgages? Because I, I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people... You know, they get so, so caught up in, okay, I just have to get a home. I don't care how I get it. I just want it. And they don't really understand, like, the the different types, you know. So speak on, like, the conventional, right, yeah. the fixed rates, the adjustables, like, the government-assisted ones. Like, it's so many of them out there. There um, But, you know, like, the, the top four or five that are most common, I feel like people they just they don't know they don't know and there there is a loan for everybody um <laughs> so the of course the most popular that everyone uses fha um that's a government loan it you need three percent um down uh second one is conventional conventional is a loan for those who have prepared to buy a house their credit score is uh good or excellent and uh, they have money saved. So because if you have conventional, you're going to be putting down more money. You're going to be the average is usually 5% or uh, you don't need 20% down. That is a myth that a lot of people were stuck on. But some people do prefer to put 20% down. If they're hmm. looking for a conventional loan, those are people who really, really have prepared to buy a house. And of course, there's my favorite VA loan because I love our veterans. Hmm. Um, Let's give them a round of applause. Yes, yes, please. They deserve it all. (laughs) And a lot of veterans don't even know that they're entitled to not only, um, you know, zero down to purchase a home, but they are also also qualified to purchase land. Hmm. So there's a lot to come with a VA, and there's a lot of VA that do not even use VA loans. So I'm always like, uh-uh, let's, let's start there first so you can get your your benefits and what you deserve. Um, and then, of course, jumbo loans. Those are for um, our hardworking, um, 
hardworking business owners are in the medical field who they make a lot of money, but and they, they want to buy that million dollar home, but sometimes they need to have maybe two mortgages. And a lot of people do those jumbo loans whenever they want to go ahead and buy their forever home, but they're not a hundred percent ready. And sometimes you do have to jump in there. Um, to get what you want, especially if you have a wife that's like, but I want this house. <laughs> I want this house with a big kitchen. So, and I do have those clients. Um, so that's I would say though, yeah, that's pretty much it. Happy wife, happy life. Yes. It's, like it's I can true. tell you, like my wife is, is yes. very, she's very, um, low maintenance, but at the same time she likes what she likes. So, yeah. so it's like, she's not big on cars, but whatever car, I get it. it. It better be it fully better be loaded. <laughs> it better have the heated steering wheel, the heated seats. Yeah. Of, of course, to her, she ain't thinking about the monetary add-ons. Oh, you know, no, but, of course. You know, but she definitely likes what she likes. Yeah. So, like I said, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, just keep you know? just just always remember <laughs> that. And that's what I have to tell my husbands that I work with. So, sometimes <laughs> I don't even call them. I'm just like, see, y'all yeah. be plotting. See, yeah. y'all, y'all be plotting. See, see, see. I don't even call you it. Yourself. I was like, come on, let's go see these first. And then, you know, we'll bring him. And then you show him what you don't like. You know, it's like, so yeah, there's a plan to it. But, you know, most of those husbands, they already know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, any notable housing trends for the people to look out for in the next, mm. you know, year to New construction. Yeah. New construction. If you are a single mom, new construction. That is the first thing we're going to look at. One, it comes with all the warranties. It's brand new. It's easier. It's new construction. Um, I think, I believe every, every single woman or single mother that I took out uh, house hunting, of course, they had an idea of getting a resale home with a pool. They had the, everything. Um, but once they went the new construction route, they were like, oh, yeah, this is better. Um, so new construction. And same for any single, even single men, I would say new construction. Uh, right now, they're having big blowout sales. I mean, no builder wants an uh, inventory home sitting. It costs them money. So they're going to do whatever it takes for you to purchase that home, just like Perry Home. Perry is giving like $25,000 uh, to close on a home before the 31st. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, Meritage Homes is also doing a blowout sale. Uh, DR Horton. I mean, sometimes their deposit earnest money is as low as uh, $99 to put down, build a house, have a house in six months. And then they also pay your closing costs, too. So I would say that's the trend. The um, the new development, um, the new construction, you're going to get the the best deals because they're just trying to fill those houses up. Okay. All right. That's good to know. That's good to know. I may have to look for some new construction. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and they're really great properties for renters because yeah. there we still have people like we were talking about credit who are just not ready to buy. It's just not. First, we got to figure out how to get them on the train of money management and checking their credit. And so they might need a year, but they still have an opportunity to live in that community and where their kids can walk to the elementary school whenever investors buy new construction for them to live in. So I always say, if, you, if you're an investor, buy a new construction house. I mean, you're going to get a renter like that. Okay. All right. Um, so you're clearly very knowledgeable of, of the real estate game. Um, and, you know, throughout your career, 
Are there any decisions that you've made that you regret as far as, you know, certain decisions that may have, you know, took you back, you know, two or three steps? I mean, you know, the saying, you know, sometimes you got to take a few steps back to get a step forward. But, you know, sometimes also we just we just make the wrong decision and we like we take five steps back and it's no it ain't no forward, (laughs) you know. Um, I will say that there is n- any mistake I made, I, I'm glad I made them because all of my um, mistakes that I've made, I've learned from them, I've grown from them, they've made me who I am and I love who I am. I always tell um, my sisters or anyone who asks me, um, mistakes and challenges are like slingshots. If you think of a slingshot, when you push them back, the further you go back, the, f- the faster you'll go. Hmm. So you have to look at those challenges. I like that. I like that. Let's give her a round of applause for that because I like that. I like that. Ooh, we. I'm going to use that one. Oh, God. I'm going to use you that one. You have to. You have to look at the challenges like a slingshot and 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 thank God for them hmm. because you, you have to know that it's going to take you to a place. Every hard moment I've had, I think about a winning moment and I'm like, man, I didn't appreciate that winning moment if I didn't have that hmm. challenge. So. Yeah. So okay. now speaking on that, you know, you're you're sitting down and you're you're thinking about like these different moments and you're you know, you're overwhelmed with like gratitude, like, OK, yeah, like I may have, you know, did that wrong, but I'm grateful for the lesson. Right. Um, how do you find a balance between your personal and your business? Because I know you're a workaholic. I know that. Uh, I'm a workaholic and even with me and I guess I'll elaborate once you answer but I have a problem with like balance I do the best that I can but I have a problem with it so like how do you find that balance because I know your kids they go force you to find a balance oh my gosh I know (laughs) (laughs) um I'm still learning that I'm still working on that uh it's it's very hard a lot of my days have to I actually have to sit down at night and write down what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I start off with the hardest things. Always start off with the hardest things. Do the longest and hardest things first. If you get caught up doing those easy tasks, you would do those all day. And then you look up and realize, ooh, I didn't finish something that sh- should have been done by now. So um, that's just my advice is that balance is hard. Balance takes I think years to learn. Um, but again, I'm single, so I don't think I would fully understand balance until I have a partner because that's what really truly balances you is, is having that person, that yin, that yang. So um, that's what I tell myself whenever I feel bad that my days are running uh, over. I'm like, well, you know, I, I didn't have you just sometimes that partner to tell you, you need to sit down, you know, mm. <laughs> so I don't have that. I, and yeah. I'll drive myself crazy and realize, man, I've been running on 10, I mean, a hundred all day when I need to settle down. So I would say, yeah, I don't, I don't have that down, but I will. Y'all just gotta be doing something. Yeah. Like y'all literally <laughs> like, like I can't see not one woman in my family being a housewife. Yeah. I just don't like my mother tried it. She tried it for, I think it was, Mom, if I get this wrong, I apologize. But I think she tried it for a good year and a half, oh, maybe. Oh, goodness. <laughs> like, she called herself, like, retiring 
Yeah. It didn't last long. It did last and long she, at all. And she got another <laughs> job just to have another job. You know, because, you know, my father's very, you know, cut from the old cloth. So it's like, you know, I'm take care of my household. Yeah. You know, my wife, she don't necessarily have to, to work. That. You know, of course, they, they went through their, you know, their tough times in the beginning, you know, to where they both had to, you know, contribute um, you know, to make ends meet and all that good stuff. But, you know, once he got to a certain point, you know, he was like, well, but, you know, if you work, it's up to you. It's just a, it's optional. You yeah. don't have to. So, like, she tried it and she it drove her. She, it drove her crazy and she drove all of us crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, go ahead. It's I'm OK. Like, go come out on, there and work. <laughs> come on, ma. like, come on now. Um, and, That's you know, just kind of speaking on balance right just kind of getting back to balance i struggle with it yeah i struggle with it i'm I'm not gonna lie um my wife tells me i do a decent job well not well she doesn't use the term decent so don't get it twisted like she says i I do a great job at it but like me i'm a perfectionist right okay yeah so it's like sometimes i'm in the middle of a meeting Mm-hmm. Right. Or I'm in a meeting of like working on in the middle of working on something like very, very important. And like I, I literally get convicted and I feel bad. Like, like yeah. I need to be at home, like playing with my son or something. Oh, yeah. Or oh, whatever. and it hits you hard, too. Right. Like like it hits you like like a ton of bricks, man. Like even today I knew I had this shoot. Right. So um, I, I stopped what I was doing here to go. And just pick him up from school and take him home just so I could at least see him. Now, to me, that's small. Like, I still feel bad because I'm not a part of his bedtime and all that good stuff. Um, You know, but, you know, balance is definitely something that it it takes years. Like you said, it takes years and years to master. Um, I definitely think I do a solid job at it, but I know I have a lot of work to do. Um, but just knowing me, I'm, it's just, it's going to be very difficult for me to truly be balanced until everything that I'm building is mm-hmm. at a certain stage. Yeah. Um, I agree. that that's just the, you know, the, the entrepreneur in mm-hmm. us, like the perfectionist in us, like the, the go-getter in us, like we're not satisfied until whatever we Put on paper, like you said, right? Yeah. Hey, I need to do this until it's done. Yeah. Like you locked in. Like you locked in. And <laughs> yeah. and and it takes it takes a lot of support, right? It takes a lot of special people in your corner to be able to um be by your side through that. Yes. Cause it's gonna be a lot of, you know, late nights, a lot of, you know, absentee yeah. experiences where you're not able to make this game or make this event for a family member because you're mm-hmm. you know you're on a plane headed somewhere to take care of business or yeah. you're you're stuck at the studio shooting you know the grapes and grip podcast right yeah. um it takes a lot of special people a lot of strong people um but i think that you know humans in general like we're built well we're built for it it's just a lot of people just don't really they're not able to get past the mental aspect of like strength yeah right like we're built to do this that's true but if you're not mentally strong oh yeah you can't everything else falls apart 
Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Successful people, entrepreneurs. Yeah. You, they live two to three different lives. Right. And that's just the truth, especially if they're a traveling entrepreneur. So they have to be married to people who understand that. They have to have families that understand that and not try to guilt trip them. Because think about your, everyone has their favorite, either celebrity or um, a billionaire or a multimillionaire uh, business. You have your favorite person you look up to. Yeah. If you don't realize it, you just go, just go on your Instagram and you'll see who you're following and who you're admiring. And I guarantee you it, they have two different lives. And that's just the truth. Um, there's people who don't. They have that one life. It's, it's you know, nine to five, their home. They can focus on their families. They have their summers off or they have the vacation hours. But for some people who just want more out of the lifespan that we have, uh, they have multiple lives. So balance is just how. How do you do that? The only thing you can do um, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur and also have a family and also because you are going to be married to your work Um the people you work with, you're gonna that's your family. You're gonna have two families. You're gonna have people you work with or people who are with you in this world, and then you're gonna have your family that's at home. So the only thing I say that I think someone like that can do is learn your people and learn what you can do to make them happy and understand that they are people who will compromise with you and respect, like, hey you know I have to do this, and you know I want this. And successful people are going to get what they want. They just will. Um, this is how we're going to either do this. And when you have the right people on your side, they'll understand. They'll understand that your balance is just, it's a foreign language to regular people. And let the church say amen. Yeah. Let no. the church say amen. That's dope. That's dope. All right, so I have one last question. All right, mm -hmm. I have one last question, and we're going to wrap this episode up. All right. I want to miss y'all. All right. <laughs> So, um, growing up, right, um, what did you see for your future, right? Um, and how does your current life now differ from that vision? Mm. So. Because you've I'm, done a lot. So, I'm curious to know if, like, you you envisioned this as mm -hmm. a kid or if you wanted to be, uh, I don't know, like a dog trainer or something. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I did. You know, I saw myself doing more TV, TV, film, or just being with someone very high profile where I had to understand his balance and mm -hmm. and just make sure I fit into his nook and accept it. Um, so that's kind of how I saw my life being like an Oprah, you know, mm -hmm. um, but even though I'm here telling you I'm in the real estate business, I, I also I'm on a TV I'm on a show that's on Roku and Apple TV. It's called the Session Talk Show, and we are working on getting it on a network. And I'm also I just got a part for a lead role in a movie that's going to be on hey, Tubi. Let's give so, her a round of applause. So I think <laughs> that I so I think God just took me through um, that entrepreneurship first. So that I then he's like, OK, I'm giving you the opportunity to do more film and TV and find that what people would say balance. But for us, we're like, <laughs> that's just what fits in our nook. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, there's like more to come for Tia. 
Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, that wraps up this episode of uh, Grapes and Grit Podcast. Thank you, Atia, so much for hopping on the pod with your boy. Uh, You are the first guest um, that we've had on this podcast. So, um, but, you know, I just I just felt like you fit um, in what I needed for that first guest feature type of episode. So um, I'm definitely grateful for you and your presence and um, the knowledge that you you've been able to um, share with with the people. All right. Do you have any last words before? I go into the outro. Oh my gosh, yes. If you're like looking, drop your website or whatever. Let me tell you, if you're you looking know. to buy or sell a house, go to <laughs> atiawillisrealty.com. Call me, text me, let me know how I can help. Um, and also, watch my show, The Session Talk Show. Uh, it's live. It'll be at, on Hilton. But just go to thesessiontalkshow.com for more information. So. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Tia, uh, for joining us. It's always a pleasure uh, to share the space with you. All right. Uh, Grapes and Grit family, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like, comment and subscribe to the Grapes and Grit podcast. Head on over to grapesandgrit.com to check out the brand and connect with us. Also, shout out to our partners once again, Galva Agency, LLC, as well as Omni Cosmetics, LLC. All right. Until next time, growth, strength and longevity is the wave. See you soon. Bye.